One. Two. One. Two. One. Two. I'm kind of hot. I'm sure your wife says so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I'm Phil DeLuca. I'm Shivan Putt. <laughs> and we are Commander In. Boy, are we. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We put a spotlight on community issues, but never ever talk about three banned topics. Religion, politics, and Hearthstone. You know, I haven't done that intro in a couple of episodes, and I'm realizing as I do it, like, I really miss it. Well, you did it for like 100 episodes. 140 episodes. A lot of episodes. It wasn't 140. It was probably more like 70 or 80. Uh, Details. So we're not going to talk about those things ever, are we? You know, I don't think we've talked about Hearthstone in quite some time. I feel like I'm neglecting that portion of our forbidden. I don't know if you are. But I mean, now that Magic Arena's been out, I, I haven't touched Hearthstone in months. So that's probably for the best. Probably for the best, yep. Shivam, a lot of people ask how they can help the show. How can they help the show, Phil? Well, I'm glad you asked. So you can visit YouTube, comment, rate, and subscribe, and play us to the end, because those YouTube algorithms actually care about whether or not a video is played all the way through. And what really helps is a positive review on iTunes or wherever it is you got this podcast from, because that helps get us in front of more people. And you know what they say, Shivam? What do they say? More people, more commander in. That is, in fact, true. Actually, let me take a diversion here and tell you an interesting story about what happened to me at the game store this weekend. So I was at the game store picking up some cards for, I don't know, a thing we might be doing at some point in time. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple of gents there who were discussing the C-18 Commander products. And they were pretty new to the game, it sounded like, because they were like, well, gee, which one should I get? And as it happens, I am a pretty good expert on what, (laughs) what these decks had. And we had a good long chat about all of the different decks, the ways you could build them and improve them. And I told them about the show and they were so excited to discover that there was a whole podcast network of commander content out there. Were they? Yeah, it was stoked. They wrote it down, put it onto their RSS feed on their phones. They were really happy because one thing I should tell you, my friends, when you share your love of something with people, they respond. So if you love our show, tell people about it. And they will respond positively. It was really, really flattering to learn this firsthand. Yeah. And it felt really good to help some kids out and stop them from uh, making poor decisions. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they picked up the uh, the Sahili and the Enchantment deck. And I showed them some neat, cheap ways they could improve it. And we all had a grand old time. Two really good decisions there. And then I also used a minute to help a new kid who was trying to beat his friend's mill deck and wanted to build a cat's token deck. And I taught him about the magic of doubling season and of anointed (laughs) procession. His eyes popped when he realized he could get four cats for the price of one. And I tell you, sir, I did a good deed that day. (laughs) He's never going to get that. (laughs) 
But you set him up for disappointment. I mean, I don't know if he's listening to the show right now. But no one who's ever played before is going to allow both doubling season and anointed procession out. No, but that, you know what, man? I am a permanent resident of yeah. Magical Christmas Land. Indeed. Indeed. I've like, seen your uh, I, citizen card. I have my vacation house there right underneath the stocking where all of my combo dreams come true. So what you're really saying shivam is tell a friend about commanderin <laughs> yes sir <laughs> nothing beats a referral like that so please go ahead and tell all your friends about commanderin we really appreciate it and uh you'll hopefully make somebody's day a little bit brighter i don't know i don't want to say his name but there's a guy who listens to us while he counts cars at work like sits at an intersection and counts cars and he listens to us every episode it's crazy like that he listens to us while doing that, but I guess it's slightly better than just listening to the cars. You know what, so... <laughs> man? You, you got to pass the time somehow. Yeah, absolutely. There's another guy who listens to us while he, um, he owns an office cleaning service. So while he's going in with those giant waxers and the vacuums and stuff, he's listening to Commander. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for listening. Listeners, tell us how you listen to Commander, and if you do anything while listening, we'd, we'd really appreciate it. And who knows, maybe it'll become a story. Another way you can support us, telling a friend, right? Going to YouTube, leaving positive reviews. You can also take the ultimate step and support us financially. Now there are three ways, Shivam. Visit patreon.com slash commander at MTG, or visit commander at MTG.com slash donations. Either one of those ways is wonderful. We truly appreciate it. It's an incredible way to support us. But the third way, and this is very important because we're, we're actually diving into this one headfirst and we're kind of closing our eyes and just jumping. All right, I mixed the metaphors a little. But you can go to GoFundMe.com and search for Commander at MTG. We have a weird URL, so I'm not going to bother to say it, but it's right now down on the bottom of the YouTube video or in the show notes. And search for Commander at MTG. We're the Commander at MTG with the C logo. Our former co-host, Sean, he still has his GoFundMe up from when he wanted to get to Las Vegas. But we are doing a video show, a full-on video show, where we have multiple cameras, we have guests coming. By the time listeners hear this, we will have recorded it, actually. And we really, really need that support. So please head on over to GoFundMe.com and search for Commander and MTG. And please, even if you can donate a buck or go to Patreon and donate a buck a show, it's an incredible amount of support and we appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. And believe me, friends, we are so looking forward to showing you this new project that we're working on. It is the most exciting thing I think I've ever done in Magic. Yeah, this is pretty exciting. I have to admit, this is really exciting. Oh, man, I'm so stoked. I hope you guys <laughs> actually like it because it's going to be so cool. Please, we're crossing our fingers that you'd like it and find something useful and interesting in it. Well, that's not what we're talking about this episode, is it, Shivam? No, no, it isn't. Because you know what we are talking about, Phil? No, Shivam, what are we talking about? The fact that there's a brand new set coming out that oh. is the most exciting set that we've had since the last exciting set we had. And <laughs> the last exciting set we had. Because it feels like all summer has been new sets every single week. Yeah. But this is one of the big tentpole sets. Guilds of Ravnica. Yeah, Guilds of Ravnica. Astute listeners might note that last week we talked about Ravnica City of Guilds. Turns out Ravnica City of Guilds and Guilds of Ravnica are not the same set. Turns out. Turns out there was a good, like, decade between them. But 
we have found our time machine and come back to the present. And today, we thought we would talk about some of the most interesting cards that we thought about from this set that we that's wanted right. to use in our decks. Because, you know, that's kind of what we do as Commander players. We look at these brand new sets, and sometimes you're like, oh, that's a good limited set or whatever. Everybody who's got a stack of 100 knows, you look at these cards, and the first thing you do is try to find what can you put into your favorite deck. Indeed. So Phil and I thought, you know... Rather than do a full-on set review, let's think about which cards here grabbed our attention first. And that's actually quite fun. We would love to hear what ideas you have for your decks that you're going to pull out of this set. Because there's a lot of really great cards here, but as we all know, I don't play non-creature cards, so I don't know anything about those decks. So I would love to know what spells you have coming You've from You've been GRM. known to weave an enchantment or two. Well, I do love me an enchantment. So, Phil, can you tell the, the lovely listeners a little bit about Guilds of Ravnica? Absolutely we can. Guilds of Ravnica has a bunch of neat mechanics, some of them returning, some of them new. And, of course, you know, it has hybrid mana, and that's where the mana symbol is split between two colors. And, of course, those two colors match the ones that are associated with the guilds that are highlighted in this set. Each of those guilds, except for one, has new keywords, and that one has a returning keyword, and that keyword is kind of spicy. So Demir, which is blue-black, has the new surveil mechanic. And that's kind of like Scribe, but instead of putting the card on the bottom of your library if you don't like it, you put it into your graveyard, which has some implications for some of our decks. Jumpstart for Is It, and Jumpstart allows you effectively to discard a card. After you cast the spell the first time, you discard a card and you can cast it again from your graveyard. That's pretty cool. It's a lot like Retrace. Or Flashback. It's like halfway between Flashback and Retrace. Yeah. Next new mechanic is Undergrowth for Golgari, and Golgari, of course, is black and green, like we were talking about last time. And Undergrowth gives you some benefit, and it's more of an ability word rather than a keyword, but it gives you some benefit that's based on the number of creature cards you have in your graveyard. So decks that really like having creatures in their graveyard, and we know a whole bunch of those like Carador and, and the Mimeoplasm, they might benefit from having undergrowth in a few things, right? Muldrotha. Oh, Muldrotha. Then uh, the next new mechanic is Mentor for Boros, and that's white and red. Mentor is a really interesting mechanic because I can see using some of it in uh, my Anafenza deck, for example. We'll get to that. But Mentor says that when a creature with Mentor attacks, it puts a plus one, plus one counter on a creature with lower power than it. So it's basically kind of like teaching it how to fight, right? It's pretty cool. Mentor is one of those mechanics that I'm really kind of still on the fence about. I want to test it out because in a multiplayer setting, putting a one-on-one counter on one creature doesn't seem great. Yeah. But, I mean, if you power up your, like, stronger mentor guys with, like, equipment or whatever, equipment or auras or something, make them super buff, put them in, a, like, a Tiana deck, then you can start mentoring all of your little soldier tokens and bring them up, too. And that could be cool. Yeah. I, I feel like there's application there if you're willing to put the work in. Now, I played against a mentor deck in a, a brawl game where we were testing some of the equipment we have for the new video series. And let me tell you, Shivam, it's, it's brutal. It changes the math and it, it changes it in a predictable way, but it just, it really hurts. And then, of course, since it's coupled with the hyper-aggressive Boros strategy, it's a monster. Aurelia is no joke because she gives trample. Oh, oh, she's just terrible. 
the last quote-unquote new mechanic in the set is uh, actually the returning one for Selesnia. Selesnia is green and white, and the return of Convoke means that we're going to be casting some pretty big spells without spending a lot of mana to do it. Because, of course, Convoke, you tap a creature in order to pay for either one generic mana or one mana of the creature's color. I love Convoke. It's one of my favorite mechanics of all time. You can pretty much, there are some spells you can cast for free. The big poster child of this one is Court of Calling. The instant that you just tap and you you tap all your little tokens you've been generating, then you cast something massive and big and flop it on the table and destroy somebody with it. It's awesome. We also see the return of split cards. That's where you have two cards printed on a single physical card, and you choose to cast one of those. They have a strange name, but it works out pretty well. There are a couple of variants of split cards, like Aftermath from Amonkhet that just came out. Altogether, it's uh, it's a pretty good mechanic. It gives you flexibility because the cards are usually... There's an inexpensive one now with hybrid mana, and there's a more expensive one. And the more expensive ones tend to be like big splashier effects that are good in Commander. So we are now going to go to our cards. We're going to talk about each of the cards we chose. But first, a word from our sponsors. That's right. Each week, we like to call out three of our Patroni. And those are folks who've already been to our one of our donation sites and have pledged a certain amount of money. Uh, could be a buck a show, could be a buck a month. And this week, we'd really like to thank Kobe M. Green. Eric Ales, Ales, or is it Ales? And uh, Bradley Rose. And Bradley Rose, of course, is from the Vorthos podcast. He's a great guy. We've met him a couple of times. So Yeah, he was my partner at the Battle Bond pre-release. Was he? Yeah, it was awesome. He drove out to my store because he's uh, local to me. And we've actually hung out and played a bunch of other times. And it was just a blast. First off, Battle Bond, one of the best sets they put out. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all to our three Patroni we called out and everybody who's ever donated to us because, once again, you are the only sponsors we have. We are fully, fully funded by our audience, and we are grateful to each and every one of you. And by my children's college education. And my child's college education. (laughs) (laughs) Who am I kidding? My kids aren't going to college. Who am Um, I kidding? My kid won't have a world, so... Oh, we laugh. He got dark. (laughs) Now, Shivam, this was your idea to do it this way and to do this whole show. So you get to start with your card. Now, uh, listeners, we're going to interleave our card choices. So Shivam will go, I'll go. And in the end, we asked some of our patrons from our Facebook chat group to give us their top card choice. And, you know, maybe, uh, maybe there are a few surprises in there. We'll see. So you want to take us off with this one? It's a juicy card. Absolutely. So... I thought I would start off with the card that was one of the most exciting for me right off the bat, Dawn of Hope, an enchantment for one and a white that says, whenever you gain life, you may pay two. If you do, draw a card. That's nice. None of my decks are necessarily life gain, though the black-white one I'm building is absolutely going to be. Mm. However, this is one of the best cards I've seen for the soldier deck that I run that has my heart and soul in that deck because the next line of text, three and a white, create a 1-1 white soldier token with lifelink. So it fuels itself. You get to have more soldiers, and when your soldiers hit, you can pay two mana to draw a card. Now, oh, man. you and I both know, Phil, that the biggest weakness Boros has is being able to draw cards. 
The second biggest weakness Boros has is recovering from board wipes. This <laughs> card does it all in one. For just two That's mana, true. if you can manage to protect this enchantment, you can just get an engine going that is absurd. It's going to be so, so good for any white token strategy, but especially for people who play Boros tokens. Because this is one of those things that we've just needed some kind of thing. I have a feeling that Mark Rosewater is going to look at this card and like start lopping off thumbs of people because this does not look color pie. However, no, this, this is in color pie. Yeah, I guess it's like Mentor of the Meek on a, on a box. But man, they're so few and far between draw spells for white that this is just something worth celebrating. It's yeah. going to go right into Vona and Crested Sunmare. It's going to go right into Tajik. I would say that anybody who's playing kind of white with janky card draw or life gain of some kind all of you johnny pride mate decks out there this is right up your alley you're right i should probably put this into vona brawl oh yeah absolutely that's a very good observation because even if it's just the enchantment one in white right pay two to draw a card every time you gain life and each don't forget every instance of damage caused by lifelink is a separate instance of life gain exactly <laughs> so my Vona Brawl creates enough vampires with lifelink that uh, I could probably draw a good grip of cards off of this. I won't be able to do anything with it because it's two mana, but, you know, this next turn. That was my goal with the Vona deck, too, I was when I was building it before you did, that this is going to go right in because it just fits the synergy. It gives you card draw late in the game when you need it. Yeah, it really does. That's pretty good. And also, I guess you could, uh, if you had a, an Edgar Markov deck, well, there's plenty of life gain going on in that deck because of the vampire tokens, so... And it leads right into your first card, Phil. Yes, uh, a truly impressive card for any kind of token deck because this one is Divine Visitation for three and white, white. You get an enchantment that reads, it's, I, it's, I have trouble reading it because it's so incredible. If one or more creature tokens would be created under your control, that many 4-4 four, four white <sighs> angel creature tokens with flying and vigilance are created instead. That many, that many, <laughs> those two words, oh, melt my heart. Oh, I know, I know. This card, more than any other Shivam, do I hope that I pull. I want to put it into Rith and Marath, because they just spam tokens, and, and my tokens in Rith and Marath are just one ones. They don't really care about anything else. You have to kind of trade off making tokens with uh, with lifelink, and instead you only get a 4-4 four, four flying vigilant angel. Basically, these are Sarah angels. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, are you going to put it in any decks? Well, for one thing, this is a slam dunk going into Tajik. Because, oh, yeah. look, dude, with Anointed Procession, with all of the token making I've got going on, this is going to be absurd. Yeah, this is basically a lot like Decree of Justice, which is one of my favorite cards from, um, oh, it's from Scourge. Yeah, so Decree of Justice is XX2 and 2 white for a sorcery that says put X44 angel tokens into play. And for cycling for 2 and a white, when you cycle it, you may pay X. If you do, put X11 soldiers into play. This has been one of my favorite token cards basically ever. <laughs> but... Think about it. For one thing, if you with this card, with this enchantment, Decree of Justice says two and a white plus X make that many 4-4 four, four tokens. Basically discounts a card by half. Yeah, it does. And it's so good. You still get your angels. This card is never going to live a full turn. Let's be real. The yeah. first second someone gets the chance to disenchant it, they will. But I don't care. Reese the Redeemed loves this. Tajik loves this. The new Amara loves this. Anybody who has ever thought about putting a token into play that can play this card desperately wants this. 
gave Guru of Spores. Oh, yeah. God, he's got white in his casting costume. Yeah, he does. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's dirty. that's all wrong. It is. It's wrong. That feels it's just, dirty. That feels gross that you're making like little sapperlings that are sprouting into angels. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you have to pay one. Yeah, well, I will pay one, I think. For a Sarah I, Angel? Yeah, yeah, I think I will. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Yeah, this one is uh, going into a couple of different brawl decks I'm building. I'm going to try to pull as many of these as I can, but... This is one that would be good in Vona, too. So what's your next card? The next card I chose was Midnight Reaper for two and a black for a zombie knight. That's a 3-2, which says when a non-token creature you control dies, Midnight Reaper deals one point of damage to you and you draw a card. Which, first off, being a zombie knight means that it fits slam dunk into my Grim Grim deck, which has always had like, you know, card draw issues. Because like, look, your zombies, you want your zombies to go to the graveyard. You can pull them back easy, no problem. You know, rooftop yeah. storm or any number of million ways to pull your guys from the grave. But every time they go to the grave, you get to draw a card. That is bonkers. You could put this into Liliana, Flip Liliana. You could put this into uh, Being a Knight. You could put this into the new Dominaria Black White Knight deck. That would be super good because this gets you um, all of those bonuses from when all your knights die. True. Frankly, this is also great in like basically any black deck that has creatures go to the yard because it's just incidental card draw and it's a zombie. And that creature type has so much equity to it in a million different ways. This card just seems like a slam dunk to me. It's like maybe one of the best zombie cards they've printed outside of an Innistrad set in a long time. Yeah, that's pretty good. I was considering putting that into my Athreos deck as well. I'm not entirely sure, though, because I want my creatures dying, and that is going to drain life like mad. A vampire deck would go really well with this, too, just because you can get the yeah. lifelink back. Uh, you definitely don't want... You want to be careful to not, like, nug yourself. But at least it's yeah. not like Bob that's going to be like, oh, I see that you just drew an Eldrazi. Yeah. Hope you like 13 points of damage. <laughs> and if you play it with uh, Twilight Prophet, at least you'll be making some of that life back. Yeah, like I feel like there's a lot of potential here. But even yeah. just free incidental card draw with a relevant creature type is just is just a great package to have. Look at you, two cards that get you cards. You know what, man? Those come so few and far between for the decks that I play that I'm yeah. very excited about any chance I get. <laughs> like, this whole card draw thing is new to me, okay? <laughs> yeah. My Vona Brawl deck is going to get this Blood Operative and, of course, Child of Night. We're not going to talk about Child of Night, which is just a classic. But Blood Operative is one in black black for a creature vampire assassin. Go Assassin Tribal. It's a 3-1 with life link, and it says when Blood Operative enters the battlefield, you may exile target card from a graveyard. When you surveil, if Blood Operative is in your graveyard, you may pay three life. If you do, return Blood Operative to your hand. Now, as a, as a vampire, you know, you get a bunch of action. It's a lifelinker, so it's going to work well with the other two cards we talked about. This definitely does ask you to play a whole lot of surveil cards, though. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, a lot of the surveil cards are great. But I don't know. I think I think there's hope there. I think in, like, a new Lazav deck, this could also be really fun because yeah. the new Lazav does surveil a lot. I'm really miffed that, like, Search for Escanta exists but doesn't say surveil on it, even though that's exactly what it's doing. So it doesn't trigger all these surveil things. <laughs> well, you know. I mean, what are you going to do? They can't go backwards in time and do it? 
it's this is a cool card. I like this. I like Surveil a lot. I think there's a lot of promise there, and I think this is a pretty cool uh, way to use it. Yeah, I think there's promise there too. But yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a really good brawl card. I was kind of uh, cool on it when I first saw it, but uh, since then I've gotten uh, I've warmed up to it a little bit. You want to talk about your next card? Oh, it's a beauty too. I can't wait to see this in foil. I feel like there's a trend here with all of these white cards. Yeah, really. <laughs> but hey, man, I love me some white cards. What do you want? So this is Light of the Legion, a 5-5 five, five angel that costs 6 mana, 4 and 2 white. It's got flying, but it's got mentor, which is great with a 5 power because that means it can mentor pretty much anything for a long time. Including those 4-4 four, four angels we're pulling Including in instead of sapperlings. all 4-4 four, four angels that you were making out of your soldier tokens. Yeah. But the trick with this card that I found just like fascinating is that when light of the legion dies you put a one one counter on each white creature you control yes that is great that is super good you can like chump block with this let it die and then buff your whole team you can use this as threat of activation attack with a squad or just attack with this guy and they're like oh i don't want to give like all hundred of your soldiers plus one plus one it works really well in like Abzan decks where you've got a lot of plus one, plus one shenanigans going on. It works really well in Boros and Selesnya style token decks. It works well in just really white value decks even. And like Angel Tribal, this will be great in like a Lyra Dawnbringer deck. I don't know. This card just strikes me as a solid utility player. When you're playing a deck that's going wide, this is the kind of effect you want. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Now, if you stick something like, a, I don't know, some kind of flag bearer effect on it to make it a target so that it eats somebody's lightning bolt, dies, and pumps your team, that's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of real good premise here, and it's worth exploring. Yeah, that's a lot like the black card Spinal Centipede. When Spinal Centipede dies, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Hmm. So it's like, but it's a little baby compared to this. It's only a three, two, and it's an insect with two, and you know, that costs two and a black. Yeah, I like that effect a lot, though. I think that's yeah. a really cool effect. So my Itali deck feels neglected with all this discussion of white and black. So I chose maximize velocity which ordinarily we wouldn't pay attention to because it's you know some little little dinky uh common for one red you get a sorcery that says target creature gets plus one plus one and gains haste until the end of turn that's what itali needs itali's paying one <laughs> red for haste all the time right yeah whether it's through one of the lands that produces that or even some of the uh like swiftfoot boots or whatever this is a nice easy way to give itali haste but and even better it has jump start so later on when i'm when i've destroyed all the lands and i'm holding a bunch of cards that i'll never cast for the rest of the game i'll just pitch one of them i'll have one red mana probably then i can give itali haste if i recast him or you know depending on how it all works out it's just it's pretty brutal. At first, I was looking at this like, why would you put just a dinky one mana sorcery on there? Right. But the ability to jumpstart it means mm-hmm. that like later on, if like, you know, you have to recast a tally or somebody bounce it or any number of random things, just being able to get that incidental jumpstart value is pretty, pretty great. Yeah, it, I think this one is a sleeper, and so I'll have to pull something out of Itali and make room for it. But I could I could do with reducing Itali's mana curve a little bit, what with most lands being destroyed. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's so cruel. Meanwhile, I found a new commander that I want to run. Do you? Yeah, in Amara, the Soul of the Accord who is the 2-2 two, two for 2, uh, green and white, a legendary elf cleric, who says, and 
I mean, forgive me if this is so far off brand for me. Whenever Amara Soul of the Accord becomes tapped, create a 1 1 soldier token with lifelink. <laughs> this is everything I want to do in the world. <laughs> I want to play a green creature, tap it, and make a token. What more could I want in this world? Well, so even better, what you want to do is you want to play this little green and white creature, this Amara. You want her to jump in a car. <laughs> <laughs> Go for a ride on that smuggle. Go for a ride, exactly. And maybe uh, it's a crew three, and so then her, her soldier buddy gets in the car with her, and they're driving down the highway. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's so dumb. Yeah, seriously, you <laughs> can put her on the Aradara Express and go to town. Everything I've seen from the internet... I've been looking at a bunch of people who've been talking about and brewing Amara. And it's just, there's so many different ways to get silly with this. Like, aside from the infinite, you know, you could put Pillipala here and go for untapped shenanigans. You could put Paradise Mantle on it and go for a tap and get a mana. Like, yep. I think uh, Josh Lee Kwai of uh, the podcast Command Zone had Amara plus Paradise Mantle plus uh, Mentor of the Meek. So you're just making soldiers using the mana from Amara to pay Mentor of the Meeks tax to get a draw card. And you just get this weird little draw engine going from her. And then you build this giant thing. Now, if you have this in play with, I don't know, like Cathar's Crusade, uh, and you're just like adding plus one, plus one seared thing. If you got it oh. with that thing that makes all your little angel guys, every time she taps, she creates a four, four angel. Why? Yes, I think I will. God knows there are ways in magic to make a thing tap and untap a bajillion times. Yeah, she actually, after you suggested using Shalai, Amara is going into the uh, the deck that I'm brewing for our Brawl video series. I'm not going to say what enchantment it, you know, it, it, it's built around. Let me guess. It rhymes with divine visitation. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, every opportunity I have to basically make a little 1-1 one, one token for free or effectively for free, I'm going to be doing that so that I actually get a 4-4 four, four angel with vigilance and flying. This card, like the second I saw it, I was like, well, I guess I'm Celestia now. Like, yep. <laughs> I guess this is just what it is. Like this card, just everything for me. This card plus the new X spell they released, March of the Multitudes. Yeah, that's crazy. X for a green and two white. Instant. Instant. Instant, instant X into white and convoke. And that has convoke. It has right? convoke <laughs> because why wouldn't it have convoke? Because it says create X11 white told your tokens with lifelink. Or as we like to say, create X44 flying angels. This is one of the best X spells I've ever seen next to um, Fighter Ball from Fate Reforged. Uh, the X and a white that gave you a bunch of warriors or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I should put that into Najila. That would be amazing. Yeah, you but should. Yeah, dude. Amara, I am in love. I'm building that deck. Gavin, if you're listening, give me a soldier who is Naya colored, please. Because <laughs> I need to assemble the Legion. Oh my God. Oh my God. Assemble the Legion in Divine Visitation is the most absurd thing on the planet. Yeah, it is. Every yeah. turn, you're getting one more 1-1 one, because one, the tokens just keep going up. And that means that you're going to be getting a 4-4. Four, four, then two four fours, then three four fours, then four four four. <sighs> Shivam, divine visitation is why you are buying boxes of guilds of Ravnica until you get a divine visitation. <laughs> I wish I could say that you were lying, but you're not. Because <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh my it's god, I want that card. You know what? As a great Jason Alt once said, 
don't buy packs, buy the single you want. But I'm going to buy the packs anyways because I desperately want this card. Well, yeah, because ripping uh, ripping packs is an awful lot of fun. Yeah, but that was an awfully roundabout way to get the next card, Phil. That was uh, kind of a circuitous route to get there, wasn't it? It might be. If there's one thing we need for Brawl, it's ramp, good ramp in standard. And they answered because they gave us circuitous route for three and a green. It's another sorcery. Search your library for up to two basic land cards and or gate cards, which I will never be going for. But I totally will. And put them onto the battlefield tapped. Actually, in this particular case, because they're going into the battlefield tapped, you might as well be pulling gate cards. And then shuffle your library. And this is going straight into Gishoth Brawl, because it's needed something like Cultivate. And it's going into Kumena Brawl as well. Yeah, I'm going to be putting this into Joda, because Joda is... A five-color deck that's been hiding is not a five-color deck. And this is so good because my Jota Dragons deck needs to have as much mana as it can humanly get to be able to uh, put out friends like Nikki B and Arcada Sabbath. Yeah. I mean, I think actually even just for Commander in general, this is a good solid ramp yeah. card because getting two basics or two gates, a lot of us players who are not named Phil will play the guild gates because they are good generic budget duels, right? Don't do it. Like, let's be real. The turn after the first one, they're indistinguishable from a savanna or a watery grave, whatever, because they don't matter anymore. So being able to get two of them, put them into play, that's big game, man. Yeah, and this is like explosive vegetation when we play that. And frankly, like, I've never found a redundant land effect that I didn't like. Like, Kadama's Reach and uh, Cultivate, Explosive Vegetation and Circuitous Root. I will play all these. These are just, I think this is going to be a staple, really, for Commander coming forward. I think you're right. This one is going to be a staple. And you know what? Frankly, this might get me to play some gates because you can fetch them and they are dual lands. And the art is fantastic. I like this art. But yeah, actually, that's the thing. It's rare these days to get fetchable dual lands. Yeah. And they come into play tapped. Okay, fine. Everything comes Mm. into play tapped. It's commander. It doesn't matter. You're right. This one's going to be pretty good. Yeah, I think this is is one that's going to be worth uh, holding on to. All right. What's your next one? Uh, My next one is Izoni Thousand-Eyed for two, two black and two green for two, three elf shaman, which is the first undergrowth card I think we've talked about today. Which is, when Izoni Thousand-Eyed enters a battlefield, create a 1-1 black and green insect for each creature in your graveyard. Mm -hmm. That by itself is a really great ETB effect. Because you're always going to have incidental, even in a tokens deck, you're still going to have incidental creatures just end up in the yard. Especially in black-green, where you're always going to have just stuff going there. I don't know a black-green deck that doesn't. Even in my Hapatra deck, you're going to have that. Because she's got a second line, which actually makes her amazing. For a black and a green, sacrifice another creature. You gain one life and draw a card. Yeah, she's a sack outlet with an upside on the sack outlet. Right. That's really nice. I love it. Because, like, my Hapatra deck has had a lot of, like... velocity problems of like oh how do i draw more cards well you got all these just snakes sitting around pitch one to the yard draw a card two mana is not a high cost especially when you're talking tokens that you're just getting by the pound right and two mana to gain a life and draw a card is solid now if you're clever you'll notice this is green and black and that midnight reaper that we talked about above is pure black now if you pitch a non-token creature to izoni then you can gain a life and draw a card with the Zoni, and then Midnight Reaper will click in and deal a point of damage to you and draw a card. Net gain, two cards, zero life. <laughs> now, in green and black, you've got a bajillion, jillion ways to recur your creatures, bring them back over and over again, mulch them, recycle them, do whatever you got to do. 
uh, Muldrotha it, Sidisi it, all of these things. And I think those two cards in conjunction are going to be dumb. Yeah, she goes right into Muldrotha. And Slimefoot and Hapatra and... This is going to be great. This is going to be great in, frankly, any deck that can run black and green. Any of your Jun decks, any of your Abzan decks, this is going to be awesome. The Mimeoplasm. Mimeoplasm. You know, our friend Gabe. Yeah, all sorts of cards. It's going to be good. Being a sack outlet in an Aristocrats deck, even not an Aristocrats deck, just having Sacrifice gain a life draw card is huge. At yeah. will, that's huge. This is going yeah, to be awesome. Yeah, it's pretty spectacular. My next card goes into it pretty well. I chose one for my Anafenza deck, so it's a counters theme deck, and it's uh, Golgari Raiders for three and a green. You get an Elf Warrior that's a zero, zero, what? With haste, though. And it has Undergrowth, Golgari Raiders enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each creature card in your graveyard. That's pretty good. Anafenza tends to get a lot of creatures in the graveyard because of board wipes. Yes, yes, she does. People end up hating poor Anafenza. You really don't hate Anafenza as much as you people do. Let it accumulate now all the creatures in the graveyard at once, uh, assuming you don't let it have it on the battlefield, because then Golgari Raiders comes in, and with all the counter lords that I've got in that deck, eh, this will have Trample, Reach, Lifelink, Flying, <laughs> well, maybe a couple of abilities. Who knows? Yeah, I think this card is going to be one of the just solid utility players. In the right deck, it looks hella fun. Yeah. I mean, in Gave and Anafenza, in Atraxa, in any card that's got proliferating, in any card yep. that uses really just plus one, plus ones, which is so many of the decks I've got. Yeah, I don't know. I love it. I love cards that do this kind of effect. Yeah, me too. Anything that uses the graveyard or benefits from it, sign me up. Speaking of, I did sneak one more card in after we talked about it pre-show. How dare you? The Hatchery Spider uh, for five yes. in green, green, you get a spider. With Reach, of course, it's a 5-7. And uh, even better, it has Undergrowth again. And when you cast the spell, reveal the top X cards of your library, where X is the number of creature cards in your graveyard, you may put a green permanent card with converted mana cost X or less from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Random order is interesting because you don't often see that in green. But this goes right into the Mimeoplasm because it has a big body. It has reach, so it blocks flyers, and that's one of the things Mimeoplasm needs. But then the, just the ability to reach down and probably get something like a Terastodon. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at this saying, gosh, that, that Crater Hoof sure hatched, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, a Crater Hoof. Whew. Like, I would love the idea of Nasty Terasty or Hoof just kind of hatching out of this spider shell. Uh, the thing about the random order is that Wizard's new design philosophy is that if you are looking at more than three cards that you have to put at the bottom, they just tell you to put it in a random order so that you don't have to think about it as much and you don't also get to stack your deck. So oh. they're like, okay, just shuffle it and shove it on the bottom. It's faster. It prevents you from doing shenanigans and it just takes one less step away. Oh, that's good. It's good. I understand. I also like doing shenanigans, but it makes more sense. Saves me way more time, less thinking about to just jam a bunch of cards at the bottom. Our Patroni also suggested some cards when we asked about it earlier this afternoon. Do you want to read this first one from yeah, Tyler? Yeah, so this card from Tyler was one of the cards that I wanted to pick for myself, but uh, he beat me to it, and so I was totally happy for it. I like to personally call it the Bookmobile. Uh, this is the Underrealm Lich. It's three, a black and a green for a zombie elf shaman, four, three, and which says, if you would draw a card, 
Instead, look at the top three cards of your library. Then you may put one into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Pay four life, Underrealm Lich gained indestructible till end of turn, tap it. So, this card, which is basically a Sylvan Library on Legs, aka the Bookmobile, <laughs> is fantastic. It goes to, it sends things to the yard, which in green black, as we've discussed, is great. It gets the new version of Regeneration, which is indestructible and tap. And what Tyler said, Underrealm Lich in Gitrog Monster, which is <laughs> five words after my own heart, right? Like, I am all about Gitrog, I'm all about Titania, all about Windgrace. He continues, since I'm playing with more than 40% lands, and the deck has lots of graveyard interaction, this lets me either draw my whole deck, or at the very least, as many cards as I can if I untap with it. Which is true. You can just go to town with this thing over the course of time. Because in Gitrog, when you pitch a land from anywhere to the graveyard, you draw a card. So, this dude, let's say you drew three lands off the top, for instance. You pitch two of them into the yard, then you can draw a card. Now, the thing that makes this different from a Sylvan Library is that it's not the first draw you have. It is every draw you have. You look at three instead and put two into the yard. Work, Work that one out with Sylvan Library for a minute. Because you remember what Sylvan Library says? You can draw three cards. Draw three cards. And then pay four life to keep two of them. But you're not doing that anymore. With Sylvan Library and this guy out, Sylvan Library says draw three cards. So you go to draw the first card, but instead of drawing the first card, you instead look at the top three cards of your library, then put one into your hand and pitch the rest. Then you draw the second card from (laughs) Sylvan Library. But if you would draw a card, instead look at the top three cards of your library three times. Oh no. You say you're looking at nine cards that's right. Like, you're looking at nine cards, choosing the best three, and, and you're never drawing a single one of them. So you're not taking any damage from Sylvan Library. You're sacking your other cards and stocking your graveyard, which is great for, I don't know, Gitrog, Sidisi. Mimeoplasm. And offends literally every graveyard deck ever made. This card is a mythic for a reason. Yes, but the problem with it is it's not optional yes you can definitely get yourself into an infinite loop and deck yourself yeah it's pretty easy to like get a windfall <laughs> or be windfalled and oh no yeah what What are some of the other wheel involuntary draw wheel of fortune if you're playing this card you have to look out for all of those wheel effects all of the howling minds of the world it's gonna stock your yard pretty fast so you better be really powerful in terms of graveyard but If you have to draw more than 30 or 40 cards, 33 cards specifically, you are actually going to run out of cards. Oof. (laughs) Teehee. So this thing is not without, it's not without danger. However, I think there's enough there that this card is definitely going to show up on a lot of tables. Oh, totally. Because there's there's a lot to do here. And this is your friend, and you have to trust fall into its arms. <laughs> It'll keep you safe. Yeah, and always keep that doomfall handy to just wreck this guy <laughs> uh, as needed. Other patrons uh, suggested some cards, and this one is Plague Crafter for two and a black. 
You get a human shaman, so humans are getting more and more creatures here. It's a 3-2, and when Plague Crafter enters the battlefield, each player sacrifices a creature or planeswalker. Each player who can't discards a card. <laughs> It's like, ah, you thought you were going to be free, spellless guy. This is a fleshbag marauder or a merciless executioner, but with an upside because if they can't sacrifice a creature or planeswalker, now they have to discard a card too. This is a straight up better fleshbag marauder. And we already played fleshbag marauder in everything that requires sacrifice decks. So this is awesome. And Dan says it's going into his Vevictus Asmati deck and his Glenalenda decks to start. Both decks abuse sacrifice triggers. So. Yeah, I think... This is going to be great, and a lot of anybody who's running like Dictative Erebus, this is going to be fun. This is a much better Fleshbag Marauder. Can't wait. I mean, I think I think you want to run both, really. If you're in one, you're probably going to want to make room for this guy. This guy seems really, really solid. Like, that's a really good ability. It is. Next, we have a card that is also near and dear to me. The Swift Blade Vindicator. A Human Soldier 1-1 for two mana, one white and one red. Which is, of course, great stats for EDH. Why would you want that? Well, it says Double Strike, Vigilance, and Trample. I am all about <laughs> Double Striking, Vigilant, Trample, 1-1 one, one Soldiers. Because once you put one sword on it, then it goes to Crazy Town. <laughs> and you put yep. a couple of swords on it, you start to load this dude up with, uh, with weapons and armor, and you can just have yourself a good time. I feel like this is going to be really, really solid in any good equipment deck, any good Aura's deck, uh, my Tajik Soldier's deck, for instance. Our dear friend Andy said, I had this thought to resurrect Saskia as a Soldier Tribal deck, and Vindicator would fit right in there, especially with Odric. Yes. Oh, yeah. Odric loves this card because, as you guys remember, Odric says, at the beginning of combat, give all of your creatures one of, like, 13 keywords if any of your creatures have one of those keywords. And Double yep. Strike, Vigilance, and Trample at the beginning of your combat step for all of your creatures is pretty fantastic. It is really good. I mean, maybe I, I don't mean to be explosively, I don't know, hyperbolic, but double striking Vigilant Trample, your whole army is great for two mana. And if they're 4-4 four, four Flying Angels with Vigilance already? 4-4 four, four Flying Vigilant Double Striking Trample Angels? Yep. I mean, while we're in Christmas land, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, this card is just, there's a lot of utility here as long as you're willing to load this guy up with like, weaponry it's gonna be awesome i i am excited yeah. for this card it's pretty good remember double strike and trample work really well together they do if you double strike something ordinarily and it's blocked well that just stops there at the first block but with trample you not only deal lethal damage to it and overflow on the first strike damage but then your second strike overflows because now there's nothing blocking it so this next card it's our last one from our patrons and it's uh, from gerald he, uh, he chose Thousand Year Storm, the four and blue-red enchantment that says whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it for each other instant and sorcery spell you've cast before it this turn. You may choose new targets for the copies. So it's like instant or sorcery storm. Yeah, it is. Ooh. Yeah, pretty brutal. And Gerald says... Can't wait to put this in Mizzix and resolving overloaded Mizzix's mastery with it. <laughs> Why? Why? Why would you do that? Gerald seems like such a nice He's person. He's such a until... nice guy. Why would yeah, you do right? this? Wow. All right. 
that uh, has been quite a show. We are we are spent just uh, thinking through all the magical Christmas land possibilities of this particular uh, of these cards. Thank you for listening to us, folks. You all rock. You hung out with us until the very end, and we appreciate it. And we hope that you appreciated the show as much as we did recording it, because we had a blast. Don't forget to visit our GoFundMe at GoFundMe.com and search for Commander and MTG. We really need your support when it comes to this video project we're doing, because we have not only learned how to do it all, but we've had to buy all of the equipment, and it's expensive. It's not a cheap effort more props to the people who already do this like commander versus and the command zone special thanks to all of our patrons we could not do this show if you didn't help us with it you are basically the only reason we're able to continue producing as many shows as we do every month rather thank you very much and really you folks are wonderful we are deeply deeply grateful to all of you yes yes we are you can reach us by going to our website commanderandmtg.com our email is cast at commanderandmtg.com. You can find us on all of the social medias by searching for Commander and MTG Podcast. This episode was edited by David Mitchell. Our theme song was created for the podcast by Nate Burgess. Our logo was created for the podcast by Mr. Picto with assistance from Kelly DeLuca. You can find more art from Mr. Picto by going to mrpicto.co.uk. Special thanks to Tech Wiz's Jesse Thompson and Graham Frank, and to Justin for the server space. Commander and MTG Podcast is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy. It has not been approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Special thanks to Mike Condon editor of the Brothers War podcast for the guitar version of the song you're about to hear. He did the guitar version of the song that Nate composed. Shivam, you don't often get to do this. Phil, Phil, you take us out. What? All right. Commanderin. Super sweet. Totally awesome. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.